the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. Don't be shy. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. calls in the air. Dr. Jeff Rosen. Dr. Jeff Rosen, chiefconomistbriefing.com. How are you, Mr. Rosen? Good. How about yourself? Good. Getting caught up on all the economic data from the government shutdown? Yeah, we got a nice slew of reports over the next couple of days. Makes things interesting. How are you feeling so far as far as the economy? I'm actually uh, pretty bullish right now. I mean, we had the government shutdown in October, and a lot of people thought... Uh, you know, including us initially, that there was going to be a huge drop-off in, uh, in economic growth because of that. And then we get an October retail sales report out this morning that easily beat expectations. And if you strip out some of the business um, investment-type uh, components like uh, automobiles, gasoline, and, and building materials, you had uh, a huge gain in what we consider core retail sales. And that bodes well for uh, the consumption uh, overall. And then when you highlight that you had a negative print on CPI, that only makes the real numbers look even better. So, you know, right off the bat, you know, when we thought we were having some kind of big drag on the economy, the first month of the quarter is looking really good. Why do you think that is? That and I, You were expecting worse case than expected. Why do you think the consumer keeps rising to the occasion and, and making us look wrong? Well... A lot of this has to do with the fact that Congress um, agreed to pay the furloughed workers uh, back pay. Okay. So, you know, we had a, you know, close to a million people out of work because of this government shutdown. And there was a real opportunity where they weren't going to get paid and, you know, there would be a big drop in spending because of that. But since Congress essentially gave them a paid vacation, you know, those consumers and those, those workers knew about it much right when it started, there was no holding out on uh, on purchases. So spending went on as normal. And then combine that with a, you know, really nice rising stock market in October, and, and you had grounds for a really good uh, uh, retail sales report. You know, okay. basically the... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. Well, I mean, basically, every one of these expectations came out because you saw such a huge drop in consumer sentiment and consumer confidence. And, 
you know, a lot of people take those and go, oh, man, the consumer's feeling really bad. They're not going to buy. But in reality, there is very little correlation between how people feel and what they actually spend. So the fact that their incomes didn't drop and it actually rose modestly given uh, that we had an above-average employment report, you know, everything was set for a, for a strong consumption month, even though people were saying, oh, woe is me, everything sucks, and uh, we're not going to spend. That just didn't turn out to be true. The confidence numbers I've always tried to explain is we feel bad for our neighbors. We feel bad for the people we hear who are being dropped by health care, Obamacare. But yet we're okay. We have a job and we continue to spend. It's We feel bad for our neighbors, kind of. Is that what you're getting at where consumers continue to, like, spend because we're kind of projecting that it must be worse for our neighbors? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of... You know, you're getting all this attention. You're seeing rising oil prices, or you're hearing that the unemployment rate is is going up, or you feel from the media attention that things are getting bad. But you know, you live in a micro bubble, not in a macro world. So as long as your micro bubble seems seems fine, you're going to spend it as if nothing else is going you know is going badly around you. Now, if you feel like your job is at stake, and you can tell by you know how your company is doing then you're going to pull back on spending and you'll increase your savings you know, and concern that you might be laid off. But if your micro-bubble remains intact, you, know, you may feel bad. You may believe things are getting worse, but it's not going to affect how you actually spend your, uh, your income. There's a story out of John Deere today. I'm speaking with Dr. Jeff Rose and ChiefEconomistBriefing.com. There's a story out of John Deere that, where they're basically saying next year commodity prices are going to decline. Now, I say on one hand it's good because if things are cheaper, then, well, there's no inflation and we consume as a nation, we consume as a world. But then again, if things are cheaper, then maybe the farmer doesn't make as much money and he decides to change the way he views the world and change the way he plants. Is there ever a right answer? Because, honestly, I find myself presenting both sides more and more and just backing away from the data. That's probably the best way of looking at it. I mean, the reason why Fed strips out you know, commodities when they look at inflation, you know, especially energy and food, <clears throat> is that, you know, generally you have big rises one side, big falls on another, and, you know, over time it, you know, kind of averages out to follow just a normal inflationary trend. So, you know, looking at both sides then, you know, like the farmer example, you know, it, it could be good for the farmer, it could be bad for the farmer, it could be good for the consumer, it could be bad for the consumer. The overall aggregate is probably uh, a net zero. So, you know, it probably doesn't make that much of a difference. Ben Bernanke is going out with a bang. He is talking about his policies pretty aggressively at this point in time. It seems like he's setting up Janet Yellen to take full control and do what she wants to do, but he's also setting her up for a low interest rate environment for the foreseeable future. Um, that 10-year treasury, it's just, it's so funny because, uh, seriously, I get interviewed every day on television, and one of the questions they asked, it's like, Bernanke said this, is this a good thing or a bad thing? And it's kind of a bad thing with good results in the sense that our economy is weak. Is that a fair thing to say, cheap monetary policy is a, a bad economy but a good result? It is for the stock market. I mean, it's right. moving people out of bonds and into risky assets, which is driving up prices. Um, you had, uh, Larry Summers, I believe, at the IMF meetings last week, say that bubbles are not necessarily a bad thing and, and are needed to uh, to drive uh, unemployment down to uh, to you know full employment levels, you know, four and a half, five percent. And without 
you know, these type of moves, you, you can't get uh, the unemployment rate at that type of level. So, you know, in that respect, it's a good thing if, if you believe the numbers. Um, you know, I think what they're realizing is that quantitative easing, you know, on the purchasing side isn't doing what it needs to do. Uh, there, there's not much more that it can do. And since long-term rates follow expected values of, of short-term Fed funds rates, you know, the, by signaling that you're not going to raise rates and you're going to keep them low even if the unemployment level falls below what your threshold originally was, you're trying to say to um, to bondholders or bond buyers that, look, you know, the 10-year, you know, you, you may be getting it at 2.5% today or 2.75% today, but we don't expect to have Fed funds rate changing for three years. By doing that, you're paying too much for the bond right now, so drop that price, and that's what they're trying to do. Speaking with Dr. Jeff Rose and ChiefConnorsBriefing.com, CPI number slips due to a decrease in energy prices. That basically means we've got more money in our pocket because we're spending less on gas and we as a nation are consumers. Um, what are you working on right now that you think is significant for us to note, Mr. Rosen? Uh, just looking at housing numbers because that's what came out to today as well. Okay. We had a, a fairly decent uh, housing report, in my opinion. I thought we were going to drop below 5 million sales in uh, October. We didn't. I mean, it was, it was worse than expected in terms of the consensus, but I thought things were going to get worse than that just because uh, the government shut down delayed um, application processes because the IRS was closed. So I want to see how those look uh, on trending upwards, if we're going to see a positive spike in November or not, and trying to get a feel what the shadow inventory levels are and uh, you know what the distressed levels look like to see if we're going to get a, a nice pop in sales sometime soon. How do you feel the housing market ends? Um, it seems like we went from a speculative consumer market to a correction to a speculative investor market where consumers are kind of getting you know, priced out of it, um, or first-time home buyers are at least in my world, maybe not yours. How do you think this housing market ends? Does it settle back down into traditional norms, or does it just seem to roller coaster through for a couple more cycles? Uh, yeah, I think we're going to still get a bunch of ups and downs just because it hasn't been a smooth transition from speculation to homeowner purchases. You, you, you did get this, you know, big halves in terms of investors buying at low prices, which have pushed prices up. You know, I think we've been rising in existing home prices double digits for like the last 11 consecutive months or something like that. So that type of gains aren't sustainable, and you know we're still pricing too high, and people are believing that prices are going to continue to go up. So they've been holding back on trying to sell their properties because they think they're going to get more money, you know, in a little bit in the future. So we're keeping inventories artificially constrained, and we're keeping prices artificially inflated, and that makes a difficult time to transition into a smooth. Uh, consumer-established uh, housing market. Is the housing market important, or is it more of a transference of wealth from one person to the next, and the importance may come from the retail angle, like a Home Depot, or am I understating that? I think you're understating it. I think that the housing market's important because, you know, it... it it factors into household formation. It, it allows people to couple up. It allows people to, you know, create families, which will increase the population, which gives uh, a boost to economic growth once those people reach uh, working age, you know, working age populations. So, in that respect, it, it's a very beneficial thing. And it also, in a uh, 
it's usually a leader in terms of uh, economic growth out of a down cycle because when interest rates are low, you generally want to buy big durable items such as housing, such as autos, stuff like that. So when you're having a you know a market that's depressed by artificial constraints on credit and whatnot, uh, it makes things difficult to come out of a recession when the low interest rate items aren't desirable. Thanks very much. It's Dr. Jeff Rosen, ChiefEconomistBriefing.com, independent live market analysis of the U.S. and international markets. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.